0: Thank you for listening to Truth In Life, a concise Christian belief series. This class was taught on a Sunday morning at Christ the Word Church because we believe that God's word is truth and that his truth should shape our lives. For more information on our church, visit ChristTheWord.com. So, let's pray. Lord, uh, you are so good to us all the time. We ask for your Holy Spirit we ask for your help to look into truths about you to look at your word please speak to each of us and we ask that you will bless us and uh, cause us the whole worship service to uh, draw near to you and uh, we thank you for your great love grace and mercy to us we pray these things ask for your help in jesus name amen so uh we are looking at the attributes of God and the attributes of God are the essence of who God is. We don't just actually, we divide them out to look at the attributes so we can understand God better, but the attributes are always all at work at all times uh, in any actions he's doing. So you don't really, you can't separate God in any way like we're uh, doing today. Uh, to look at the attribute of righteousness, but um, we have looked at God's love for mankind. Summary thought on that is, as we studied that, is how God loves all men, not just those who he is uh, called to be his particular people, but he loves all mankind, and we looked at how he loves all mankind. Grace, which flows down from that, uh, I think the thing that impresses me the most as I go through that study is how much God's common grace is active uh, in the whole world upon everybody, because it's common, you know, particular grace is to his chosen people for the purpose of salvation and and bringing them to heaven. But uh, common grace also acts in our life, as well as all the non-believers' lives, and we like love we saw how how much God uh, helps and blesses even uh, the wicked and even the lost and today God is righteous and then in the weeks ahead God's holy anger God's holiness and the problem of evil so we'll jump into this Uh, God is righteous Um, Anybody want to take a stab at telling me what righteous means? I am really a simple guy. (laughs) Perfect. Good. All right. Lots of conversation early on, I know. Oh, by the way, if you're... In here for for the first time, because I didn't explain this. You will read all the scriptures that are in white. And we'll just start here and go up and down rows and then back up to the front when we get to the scripture. Well, the way I like to think of God as righteous is really simple. What root word do we see in there? Word righteous? God is right. I actually like that because we tend to say righteous. Oh, it's this big. How about just God's right? He's always right. He's right in everything he does. He's just, he's perfect. But he is, well, let's look at what does just mean? Because that's a word you could exchange with it. God is just. A little fair. fair, perfect. What's the root of, or the meaning of just? To justify something. If you're a builder, do you ever, have you ever heard the word, you have to justify something if you're building? Make it perfect. So you take a plumb line and you hang it and you make a wall exactly just, perfect. Or we look at the justice system, we say, you know, well, justice is deciding exactly right and wrong. So God is righteous and he is just. Those are just That's kind of a little bit of a definition, but I I typically stick with God is right. Just remember that. (laughs) Always right. And we will get into this right now. So we'll start reading.
1: The Lord is righteous in all his ways. It is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy. Let God be true, though everyone were a liar. Put on the new self, created after the likeness of God and true righteousness and holiness.
0: Okay, again, looking at his nature. These are all about how he is righteous.
1: The rock. His work is perfect, for all his ways are justice. A God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he.
0: This is a nice one. We're going to see that again a little later. His way, the rock, his way is perfect. All his ways are justice. Completely Never wrong. A God of of faithfulness without iniquity, just and upright is he. Again, we have the word upright. Just and right is he.
1: For the Lord is righteous. He loves righteous deeds. The upright shall behold his face.
0: Okay, so those are really just a quick overview of his character. But now we're going to get to see how this flows out. And it flows out with... um, what we would say is standards and laws. But as we look at this, I want you to be thinking, uh, how often do we think God is not right? Now, who was here for, the, for David's uh, sermon Thursday night? Is anybody here? This, this class kind of will go that way. This idea, so how does this apply to us? I, this idea that we say in our head, yeah, God is right. He's right, he's righteous, he's right, we know this. We say this in our head, but we don't, uh, we don't actually believe it at all times, right? We say, I don't like this thing about my life. God's in charge of everything, yes, God is sovereign, he rules everything, he rules my life, but I don't like these aspects of my life and so even though we say yeah god's always right we what happens we grumble and what is grumbling what happens when we grumble what are we saying when we grumble we're discontent with who with god we may blame it on other things but we're really discontent with what god's doing in our life because there are hard things god's doing in our life very hard things uh, at times so anyway we do have this inner struggle about God being right all the time. We, we don't just say, yeah, he's right. We often act like he's not. So God's standards and law reveal his essence.
1: You shall be holy, for I, the Lord your God, am holy. Jesus said, you therefore must be perfect, as your heavenly Father is perfect. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. But as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all your conduct. Since it is written, you shall be holy, for I am holy.
0: Okay, so God is holy, and it's written that we shall be because he is. So how will we be holy? By obeying God's standards and laws. That's how we are to be holy. That's how we're to love God. All right, the moral law, Now, these are truths I'm trying to state, and the scripture is trying to back the things that I state so that you, you really get the scripture's view. But John Frame states this, the moral law is not something above God that has authority over him, nor, does something, nor is it something that he created as though he could change it at will. Rather, his moral standard is simply himself in person his nature his acts are righteous because he is a righteous god righteousness therefore is his desire his pleasure the standard of our moral behavior is not an abstract concept but an infinite person god himself so the standards when we look at the law of god and he gives us commands throughout the scripture it's not something he's creating to in a disconnected way, just test us. Well, we'll see if you're gonna follow, and so I'll make up these rules. Well, he will test us to see if we'll follow, but the rules have to do with the person of God. So these rules all have to do with his righteousness, and we are to be holy as he is holy. Consider that for us to be in relationship with God, we must be holy as he is holy, we must be righteous as he is righteous. This is why the law is an absolute standard of mankind. God is a person, his character is perfect, and man must be perfect to be in relationship, fellowship, and communion with him. So there has to be a way to do that, which is going to come by his salvation and his own act, but we are to love God. And how do we love God? By obeying his commandments. So that is how, that is how we should, should live. We often act like God made up a bunch of arbitrary rules for us to follow and test if we would obey. Not at all. His rules are his character. We must be of his character to be with him. We are to imitate his character and conduct. The law of God reveals both God's character and the standard for us to be holy as he is holy so that we may be with him. So you have Adam and Eve in the garden and they become unholy. They violate God's law that God had given them and they are no longer holy. So what, God, what does God do with them? See, he leave them there, he moves them. He judges them, and what does he do? He, he separates them from himself. So he puts the flaming sword, no entry into here, and this is, not, this is an act of judgment of God but it's also an act of mercy. What would happen if they stayed there? Huh? they die because God is holy and righteous and can't have his light. He's pure light, he's pure fire. That, anything that's unholy gets burned up. This, that's the case, you know, now and always. So uh, a shadow can't come in to God's presence. There's no such thing. If you have a light bulb or some sort of pure light, there's no shadow within it. It takes care. It wipes out the shadow. So sin has to be dealt with. But the big thing here is um, the, the law of God is the way that we walk with Him and can walk with Him in fellowship.
1: And what great nation is there that has statutes and rules so righteous as all this law that I set before you today?
0: He's talking about The great nation, the the nation that he has pulled out from the other nations, he says, I'm setting this righteous law before you.
1: The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Your righteousness is righteous forever, and your law is true. The Lord was pleased for His righteousness' sake to magnify His law and make it glorious.
0: So He magnifies, makes known, raises up His law and makes it glorious because it's revealing who He is. So the rules of conduct... We'll look here at some of the Ten Commandments, or at the Ten Commandments, but I'll use different terms that just summarize it. Uh, Rules to live a righteous life make known to us God's own holiness. When we obey his commandments, we are living by his power in a manner that is most like him in holiness. So you must be a Christian, you must have the Holy Spirit to be able to obey his commands, But being a Christian, it's his power that gives us the ability to walk in these commands. So his commands are not what make us a Christian. It's his work, Jesus Christ, and his sacrifice for us. But then the Holy Spirit being in us gives us the power to, for the first time, really obey him. Uh, These are commands. Worship no other gods.
1: You shall have no other gods before me.
0: Okay, so these are all the gods of life, all all the gods that we might worship, Uh, not just the old days where you bow down and there's some idol, which we'll get to. But these are all the gods that want to trap us and have them follow us, have us follow them in our life. You shall have no other gods before me. Again, this is the definition of following. It's those who love me and keep my commandments, not those who love me and break my commandments. <laughs> um, in today's church, churches in general, the uh, ones that would be claimed to be evangelical, but it's probably many more. That it's the grace of God, the grace of God, the grace of God, which saves, which is true, of course. <laughs> It's the grace of God, it's His whole work. We aren't saved by the law, but once we're saved, we must be loving God. So we love Him by keeping His commandments. And this takes discipline in life, uh, fighting temptation, the Holy Spirit at work in us with power. We're to honor His name.
1: You shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. For the Lord will not hold him guiltless who takes his name in vain.
0: Okay, so is this just swearing by using his name? Or is this broader than that? Lively bunch today. (laughs) Of course it's broader. All these commandments really encapsulate all of life. But how is it broader? How do you take the name of the Lord your God in vain? By taking
1: his name, even you calling yourself Christian.
0: Yeah, by dishonoring him, yeah. by claiming, I'm a Christian, but I take the Lord's God in vain when I'm that, and then I'm something else, and everybody else, maybe they see it, maybe they don't see it, but you're taking his name in vain. You're saying, I am, I claim to be God. So it's not just saying the swear word of God's name. It's um, when we profane God any time before men or before God. Work and rest.
1: Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, but the seventh day is a Sabbath to the Lord your God. On it you shall not do any work, you or your son or your daughter, your male servant or your female servant, or your livestock or the sojourner who is within your gates. For in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, and rested on the seventh day. Therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and made it holy.
0: All right, so remember the Sabbath. Keep it holy. Six days you shall labor and do all your work, which is part of the commandment. So don't labor and do all your work be a sluggard you're breaking this commandment but we're to keep the sabbath and in part we are to keep the sabbath because that was the day of rest that God established but the day, the day of laying aside our strife and our struggle and our work in this world to worship God and to and it had to do it, it came out of creation there was 6 days of creation and then the 7th Six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that's in them, and rested on the seventh day. So that's why. Honor your authorities.
1: Honor your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord your God is giving you.
0: Okay, again, we see honor your father and mother. We take that literally, but it, this is about all authorities that God places in your life. Love life.
1: You shall not murder.
0: Be faithful.
1: You shall not commit adultery. Don't steal. You shall not steal.
0: (laughs) The shortest, I think, text I have in all the teaching. You shall not steal. Be truthful.
1: You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor.
0: Be satisfied in God.
1: You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey. Or anything that is your neighbor's. You
0: shall not covet. And coveting has to do with not being satisfied with God. It, uh, I learned from a, from Calvin uh, on coveting, and I, um, one of the things that's helped me in life is we tend to think of coveting as being outside of us. The coveting of the, all of what would satisfy us if we saw it. But he had this one quote that I stumbled upon. I don't know if I could ever find it again. But he basically said that we covet that which we already have. Okay. so now apply that to the feelings you have about loss. Like, I have this, I may lose it, we actually covet things we have because we aren't satisfied with God and we feel and act in ways that um, really it's, it, it's, it's faithlessness but it leads us to um, not be satisfied even in, in this blessing so he's blessed you like right now all around you is blessing guarantee <laughs> there's tough things but there's blessing all around you but we can't be satisfied in it. We might run out of it, or might need more of it. And so we actually never are happy with God. So we fall into this trap of coveting that which we have. <laughs> All right, on to the next sections. Again, having to do with being right, being righteous. Penalties are given to each of us. Uh, and rewards.
1: For the day of the Lord is near upon all the nations. As you have done, it shall be done to you. Your deeds shall return on your own head. Summon archers against Babylon, all those who bend the bow, encamp around her. Let no one escape. Repay her according to her deeds. Do to her according to all that she has done. For she has proudly defied the Lord, the Holy One of Israel.
0: Uh, you, you see in these texts, it has to, these have to do with repay her according to the deed she's done or you're going to be blessed the way you blessed somebody else. And so living a righteous life brings penalty and reward for us.
1: What are you to me, O Tyre and Sidon in all the regions of Philistia? Are you paying me back for something? If you're paying me back, I will return your payment on your own head swiftly and speedily. Because you have plundered many nations, all the remnant of the peoples shall plunder you. For the blood of man and violence to the earth, to cities and all who dwell in them. Eye for eye, tooth for tooth, hand for hand, foot for foot, burn for burn, wound for wound, stripe for stripe. Whoever sheds the blood of man, by man shall his blood be shed. For God made man in his own image. Judge not that you be not judged.
0: Judge not that you be not judged. So in all of these cases, the ones we've looked at here, just the scriptures, how we acted brings upon us something. So we learn here, judge not so you won't be judged. So we have you know, scriptures that talk about having a speck in your eye or a log in your eye and judging the speck in another person's eye. And it's very easy to be judges. I mean, this is something I have to fight, but everybody has to fight it. You walk around and you judge everything. Well, the question is, do you fear God? Because as you judge, so will you be judged, (laughs) right? Judge not so that you're not judged. So be gracious, be merciful, be like God to others because you actually get a reward for that. But you also get a punishment or a penalty for not doing that. So it is a dangerous thing to go around judging everybody, your parents and your bosses and your, you know, people here at the church. It's dangerous because you are lighting a fire of judgment against yourself. So God applies this righteous standard like we've been seeing it flow out in these other scriptures. He applies it to us. And and Christian people. So we should have a a real fear about, uh, about doing things against what God would have us do because of judgment.
1: Pay her back as she herself has paid back others. And repay her double for her deeds. Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed.
0: Mix a double portion for her in the cup she mixed.
1: Whoever digs a pit will fall into it, and a stone will come back on him who starts it rolling. And the king will answer them, Truly I say to you, as you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me.
0: So we'll continue along the same lines, You will reap what you sow.
1: Let destruction come upon him when he does not know it, and let the net that he hid ensnare him. Let him fall into it to his destruction. Let the wicked fall into their own nets, while I pass by safely. Therefore they shall eat the fruit of their way, and have their fill of their own devices.
0: You know, isn't this true? Do you know people who are wicked in what they're doing? Um, maybe they're people who attack other people and uh, or they're full of vengeance. Someone wronged me, I will go wrong them. In fact, they can't, you probably know people, they can't rest until they get back at somebody. Well, they're going to eat the fruit of their own devices. They're, they're going to, be consumed by that, and that's what you see. Or someone who doesn't forgive. So they do things towards somebody because they won't forgive them, and the judgment comes right back on them. They're trapped in life, uh, they're bitter, and it grows and grows. And you, well, we have some young people in here. You, older people can say, Oh, yeah. I mean, you see the bitterness growing. It's, it seemed minor when they didn't forgive when they were a little younger, but it just keeps going up. And they're, they have a horrible life and they're trapped, and it's their own devices. They have refused to forgive.
1: The wage of the righteous leads to life, the gain of the wicked to sin.
0: The wage of the righteous leads to life. Go obey God's commands and be happy.
1: The righteous is delivered from trouble and the wicked walks into it instead. Whoever misleads the upright into an evil way will fall into his own pit, but the blameless will have a goodly inheritance. An evil man is ensnared in his transgression, but a righteous man sings and rejoices.
0: Okay, uh, switching here. God, God's way is perfect. His way is perfect and fair. This gets back to how right he is all the time.
1: So whatever you wish that others would do to you, do also to them, for this is the law of the prophets. The rock, his work is perfect, for all his ways are justice, a God of faithfulness and without iniquity, just and upright is he. The Lord is righteous in all his ways and kind in all his works.
0: Okay, in how many of his ways? All? And he's kind in how many, what type of, in all his works, right? Okay, again, apply this to your life. Um, God's sovereign. He's taking you through life. You have good days and bad days. God is right in all his ways and kind in all his works. Well, you just had a really tough thing happen to you, really bad, maybe long-term, maybe goes on for decades. He's kind in all his works. Do you believe that? If you would... If you would grasp it and internalize it, then when troubles come at you, it's tough. (laughs) There's no question it's tough. But you say, God, his way is perfect. I don't know what he's doing, (laughs) but he's doing good. He is doing something. He's doing good for me. He's doing good for everyone else in their treatment of it even when it's judgment At times he's judging us and judging others but he's doing good he's trying to produce this righteousness and if you would i don't know how to say this but because i can't can't encourage you enough if you would embrace every time a bad thing happens or hard things happen if you would embrace that god is doing something good right now for you and it may be the most horrible event that you don't want to imagine because his way is perfect he's right in all his ways and kind in all his works god's ways are perfect and best and cannot be improved upon in any way so this is just keep amping it up Do you think, and you do when you grumble or complain, and I do, but do you think you can improve upon His perfect way? He's right all the time and He's sovereign. Do you think you can improve upon that? So, why do we act like we can every time we grumble, judge God? complain about this. We say, we are saying, there was really a better way to do it. Why did you do it this way? Now I think it's perfectly fine to go to God in difficulties and say, I don't, I don't get it, God. I don't know why you did this, but I trust you. It's okay to talk to him straight up. You may not find out why then, or later you might not find out why, but you still fall back in trusting him. So it's okay to go to God and deal with the hardest things, but if we would embrace that his way is the best, we would relax in his love, knowing that he is doing good things. All his judgments are right and true.
1: And he judges the world with righteousness. He judges the people with uprightness. He calls to the heavens above and to the earth, that he may judge his people. The heavens declare his righteousness, for God himself is judge against you. You only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you may be justified in your words and blameless in your judgment. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world with righteousness and the peoples with equity
0: and along with god's judgment comes salvation so coming with his with his righteousness is salvation or at least it's close at hand
1: i am the lord your god who brought you out of the land of egypt out of the house of slavery
0: and this continues that category but we are to i'll say image christ which is a theological term but we are to Be like Christ.
1: Put off your old self, which belongs to your former manner of life and is corrupt through deceitful desires, and to be renewed in the spirit of your minds, and to put on the new self, created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness.
0: So we image Christ by putting off our old self, obeying his commands, and putting on the new self. And the new self, its character is righteous and holy.
1: And have put on the new self, which is being renewed in knowledge, after the image of its creator. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this all people will know that you are my disciples, if you have love for one another. This is my commandment, that you love one another, as I have loved you.
0: So these are commandments. This is how we image Christ, or this is how we walk with him. Love one another, as I have loved you. And how has he loved us? He loved us because we had good things. (laughs) He loved us when we were his enemies and he laid down his life for us. So you are called to love one another sacrificially, not to get what you're right. You are to be like Christ.
1: And this is love, not that we have loved God, that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another.
0: The righteousness that God expects from us is essentially to image his own ethical character, his love, his holiness, his own righteousness. So that's what our life as a Christian should be. Righteousness and salvation kiss.
1: Listen to me, you stubborn of heart, you who are far from righteousness. I bring near my righteousness. It is not far off, and my salvation will not delay. I will put salvation in Zion for Israel my glory. He drew me up from the pit of destruction, out of the miry bog, and set my feet upon a rock, making my steps secure.
0: He drew me up from the pit of destruction. So that was where we were. You know, another scripture, he snatched me out of the fire when my favorites. God reached down and I was a stick on fire and he snatches me out and sets me somewhere so he makes me righteous
1: Surely his salvation is near to those who fear him that glory may dwell in our land steadfast love and faithfulness meet righteousness and peace kiss each other. So
0: righteousness and peace kiss each other and they can't unless it's in Jesus Christ I. Uh, there isn't an inability to be at peace with God unless we are made righteous. So Christ, our righteousness, with Christ comes righteousness and peace.
1: The Lord has made known his salvation. He has revealed his righteousness in the sight of the nations. He has remembered his steadfast love and faithfulness to the house of Israel. All the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our God. Shower, O heavens, from above, and let the clouds rain down righteousness. Let the earth open, that salvation and righteousness may bear fruit. Let the earth cause them both to sprout. I, the Lord, have created it. My righteousness draws near, my salvation has gone out, and my arms will judge the peoples. The coastlands hope for me, and for my arm they wait.
0: So we have salvation drawing near, or going out, Righteousness drawing, your salvation going out, but then we have judgment at the same time. Jesus Christ makes us right. The only way for us to be right is the work that Jesus Christ did to make us right so that we could obey His commands and follow Him.
1: Therefore, as one trespass led to condemnation for all men, so an act of righteousness leads to justification and life for all men. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and are justified by His grace as a gift, through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by His blood, to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness, because in His divine forbearance He had passed over former sins. It was to show His righteousness at the present time, so that he might be just, and the justifier, the one who has faith in Jesus. So
0: he is the just one, and he justifies those who have faith in Jesus. He did everything for us.
1: And because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption. For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God.
0: So Jesus took all of our sin, who knew knew no sin, so that we could become the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ makes us right. End of class. Three minutes early. Uh, Tanner, please pray. Thank you for listening to Truth In Life. If you enjoy this series, make sure to subscribe. And remember, this is Truth To Live By.